thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Speak Up and Engage, bringing next generation health, wellness, inspiration and empowerment to the youth of today. A spectacular collaboration between the Sunshine Coast Council and spirithive.org. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Speak Up and Engage. I'm Laura Pettigrew. I'm Bridget Kelly. And I'm Toby Bogart. And today we're talking about all things mental illness and how to really um, talk to your friends and understand how or what they are going through and really identify whether they do have depression or are just going through a sad time. So what do you guys think about this topic? Yeah, well, first of all, I'd just like to also welcome Karen. Hi. Oh, yes, I forgot to introduce you. <laughs> we have the beautiful Karen Karen Smith today. Goodness <laughs> <laughs> oh. <Who> me. <laughs> Hi, everybody, and it's great to be here again. Thank you so much for inviting me back on. Um, thank no you for coming back. Um, so I uh, feel that depression and sadness is a very important topic to talk about while we're still young and while we are just old enough or getting old enough to really understand it and to know ways to cope with it and just uh, recognize the signs of going through this period of time. Yeah. And like, you know, just depression, but overall mental health and, and yeah. well-being and, um, and yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, um, I was looking at Beyond Blue today and um, they say that over like 3 million Australians are, you know, either living with anxiety or depression, which is a huge number of people. So it's um, it's definitely becoming a bigger and bigger issue. Yeah. yeah so it's one in five Australians, like age between 16 and 85, will experience a mental illness. So that's 20% of, of our population pretty much. which is crazy and it's also crazy that you know um we don't actually know that those people are going through it because no one really talks about it that much so yeah you you wouldn't think that that many people are going through such a hard time yeah exactly um I was like I was also looking at Beyond Blue today and I thought it'd be a good way to start with um with be with World Health Organizations their definition of mental health and well-being is um, a state of well-being in which every individual realises his or her own potential, can cope with the normal stresses of life and can work productively and fruitfully and is able to make a contribution to her or his community. So I think that's a really good definition to just, yeah, like overall for um, mental health. Yeah, definitely. Um, Karen, why why do you think, obviously from a more professional perspective, why do you believe mental health is such a crucial topic to be talking about right now? Well, I think you guys have really touched on it here um, in the statistics because, you know, the World Health Organization currently predicts or currently has us as one person taking their life every 40 seconds. Um, And by 2020, they're anticipating one person taking their life every 20 seconds. So it just, to me, it speaks to the evidence that um, we don't have the recipe right and something is really wrong. And it starts with our kids 
and it starts with everybody that's young and everybody yeah. listening to the show. It starts with an awareness about what mental health is, but, you know, well, what mental illness is, but also what mental health is. Yeah. yeah. It's just like your body, you know. Your body only gets sick when you stop taking care of it and your your the mental side of things is just the same. Um, and especially if we've had trauma or, you know, breakdowns in marriages or families or mums and dads have gotten divorced and those sorts of things are quite traumatic. So I think yeah. we've got to be paying attention to how we cope, not only physically but mentally and emotionally. Yeah. yeah. And, and Karen, like I thought at pretty much every spirit hive, you've sort of asked who here has either been affected by mental illness or know someone who's been affected by illness, mental illness. And nearly everyone in the room put their hand up and I just thought that was, you know, crazy because it's not only um, how mental illness affects, like, the person going through it, it's also affecting people around them as well. Yeah. Oh, Yeah, I I can definitely say that I think, like, everyone knows at least one person that has been, you know, impacted by some form of mental health issue, so. Yeah, for sure. I spoke for um, a group of about 700 people two or three weeks ago and I said, you know, is there anybody in the room that's been, you know, touched by mental health or mental illness? And, you know, it looked to me like just about everybody's hand went up and I went, oh, okay, well, hang on a second, let me ask a different question. Let me ask you, how many of you guys have not been affected? Mm. And nobody's hands went up. And, you know, 10 years ago, if I'd asked that same question, it wouldn't have been this, it wouldn't have been like that. Yeah, you know, there would have been people that, you know, were oblivious to that. Yeah, I guess that also comes down to people not recognizing or really truly understanding mental health back then. Yeah. Not to say that their uh, traditions were wrong, but just to say, like, if you were going through a tough time, you were sort of an outcast and you were seen as sort of crazy. I, I yeah. remember listening to a story once where um, someone's mother was going through a really tough time with staying at home, like taking care of the kids and having to pay all the bills and stuff. And she sort of went into a really depressive state and was like sort of cast as an outcast and wasn't able to go out in public because everyone saw them differently. But, yeah, so that one really. But for sure, in like the last 10 years, I feel like the main difference has been that, like, people have started to talk about it and, um, and like, speak up about their mental illnesses and the overall knowledge about mental illness has grown quite dramatically. However, it's still such a huge issue um, that, yeah, people obviously face and, like, the statistics of people who commit suicide, it's, it's only growing. So I guess... Karen, what do you think the main difference in the last 10 years has been? Um, yeah, that like those people wouldn't have put their hands up or... Yeah, it's a really good question. Uh, you know, it's hard to know and, and statistically we don't know if there are more people now willing to talk about it and if, you know, the statistics have always been this bad. It's just that now yeah. we're kind of coming out with it a little bit more or if the pressure of day-to-day life has become so significant and, you know, um, the introduction of social media and, you know, they say that the antidote to depression is connection. 
Um, yeah. So for a lot of people, they try and find connection through social media, but it's not actually real. It's, no. It, connection is, you know, face-to-face, belly-to-belly type thing. So yeah. um, there's lots of different reasons why I think our statistics are on the rise. Um, but whether it was always like that, it was just more hidden back then, um, yeah. you know, that I don't know. Uh, honestly, I, I, I don't know. It's just that there's been such a, it's been a topic that so many people don't want to talk about um, that, you know, people like the lady that you know, knew, Toby, she was ostracised. Yeah. So it's, you know, I think people have been scared to talk about it, but we're not like that anymore, you know. Like, yeah, no. It's a more open conversation these days. But the thing is that we are lacking and I, I, think, I see that that's what our podcast really brings to the community is that while people are talking about it, there's, there's nothing out there for kids in like, I know in my school uh, we are given counselors and there's people that we can talk to, but it's, it feels a bit weird to like go up to a teacher that you've known since maybe grade seven and be like, well, I'm having a bit of a tough time. I'm not really coping. Could you really help me with it? And I, I really want to see that change especially in our generation where we can be like have an open conversation about our feelings, especially in guys and uh, just be able to talk about, even if we're going through a tough time, being able to mm. talk about depression and yeah. anxieties and all that. Yeah. I, I suppose there's... So you're good. <laughs> I, I just going to say you go Bridget you go Bridget I was just gonna say that there's like a, a massive stigma surrounded behind, like behind mental illness and like I guess that's why a lot of people don't want to talk is you know they're worried about being judged and blah 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 but um our podcast is really good because it's it's sort of making it okay to talk about it and give confidence to people and and try to remove that stigma and be like it's normal like you know what I mean yeah Yeah, definitely you read my mind there great minds think alike (laughs) 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 but yeah I think that is like the biggest issue behind mental illness is that you know people feel like maybe even I don't want to say ashamed but they just don't feel like they can just go to talk to anyone about it like they really need that person that they're really comfortable with to be able to open up. And I I do think that our podcast, you know, kind of encourages people to do that. Uh Uh-huh. There's also, like, a lot of, like, good things out there for kids, like Headspace and Beyond Blue, like those sorts of organisations for people who who are struggling with mental illness. Yeah. But, like, it's still it takes effort to actually reach out and ask for help. And, um, and yeah, I think like a lot of kids, especially um, it, it's hard for them and it's hard to take those initial steps. And yeah. Yeah. I, I guess too, like, you know, if you know um, a, f- a friend or someone that is kind of going through a hard time, you can like also encourage them to go to those services, you know, you don't want to push them out of their comfort zone too much, but, you know, encouraging them that there are people to talk to if they don't want to talk to yourself or someone you know. There are people, you know, online or via phone services that they can talk to as well. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, Karen, oh, you go. I, you finish I, up. I think that there's a um, there's a distinction that is worth talking about, um, given the t what we're talking about now. Is the difference between what's called melancholy yeah. or sadness um, versus actual depression? Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of people will feel sadness, and it's really natural to feel sad, you know, because somebody's died or you've had a trauma in the family or something's gone wrong or, you know, it's very, very natural to feel. Or just a down day. Yeah. 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 It, it's it, And that does not mean that a person's depressed. Yeah. And if a person's down for a whole week, it still doesn't mean that they're depressed. And if they're down for a whole month, that still doesn't mean that they're depressed. It's just that's the nature of being human is we do ride these emotional roller coasters and when life throws us curveballs, you know, we are emotional creatures. So we'll tend to respond with our emotions first. But depression is something different. Depression is where that melancholy or that sadness or that disconnection and disassociation from society goes on for an extended period of time. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of signs that go along with depression where they do disconnect, um, they don't want to eat, they, you know, um, behaviour changes, personality changes, all of those sorts of things. So I think it's important that everybody that's listening to today's show understands the difference between those two feelings and it's really, really normal. It's really, yeah. really normal. Um, yeah, I know in school I can, I can notice people that are maybe having a bit of a crappy day. And even when I go to ask them, are you okay? Uh, would you like to talk about it? They sort of push me away a little bit and they're like, no, I'm fine. And I feel like that's a problem that we are having in yeah. uh, schools particularly is people aren't able to even open up to those that they're the closest with as like friends yeah yeah definitely i i think too um toby like the fact that you're asking is a is a huge step in the right direction as well because you know even if someone is just having a sad day it's and it's only just the one day it's always good just to double check with that person because you don't know what's going on in their life yeah. you know that could have been going on for a year or two and they, and you've just started to notice now. So I think, you know, asking that question as soon as you see someone a little bit down, you know, could potentially save them a lot of heartache and they can actually open up. But, um, yeah, could, it opens yeah. up a conversation, like a really positive yeah. conversation about what they're going through because at the end of the day, we don't really, we don't know at all what goes on behind closed doors. Yeah. And so, you know, someone could be seriously going through such a tough time and closing themselves off to the world and without even, without anyone asking, they don't even have an opportunity to speak up or yeah. they need to be prompted to speak up almost. So it's awesome yeah. that maybe you're, you're like asking if they're okay or yeah or anything because it's, it's helping them speak out and and um, I guess I found too, you know, even if people don't feel like opening up, you know, the first time you ask, you know, just them knowing that you're there. And if you continually just be like, you know, like if you notice that they're still sad a week later, you know, oh, I'm still here if you need a chat, like, you know, yeah. whenever you need me. 
you know, just encouraging them that way and providing support, you know, at least though then they know that you're there and if they do need to talk to someone or they finally, you know, get the courage to open up about it, um, I think, you know, them knowing that, you, that you're there is a huge, yeah. yeah, huge step, so. Exactly, and, like, you know, by saying that you're there is, like, such a, a positive thing to say for them and, like, helps them understand, but also, you know, just being there and, like, trying to distract them if that's what they need. If they don't want to talk about it at the time, they say, I don't want to talk. They're like, that's okay, and, like, you know, try to get their mind off it, want to hang out, want to do something different, want to talk about something different to like positive doing positive things with them I think is a really great thing like yeah um Karen from an experience point of view with like we we are all still young in the mind if you guys go don't mind me saying that (laughs) what's what's sort of your take on the situation that's that we are finding at the moment well I think that um you know being supportive of each other and showing love and kindness and compassion and connection is really the the way to keep um, mental health healthy. Yeah. And exercising and eating well, you know, fresh whole foods, all of those things contribute to the health and well-being of the human. And, you know, what we know is that most of the dopamine, dopamine or 80% of the dopamine that's produced, which is the, fe- the feel-good hormone, um, yeah. most of that is produced in the gut. So if somebody is eating heaps of sugary foods and McDonald's and Kentucky Fried and, you know, they're not actually... And they're not on a, you know, like a healthy diet, then that is always going to have a big impact on their own mental health and the way that they feel emotionally because the the whole gut is being completely compromised. Whereas somebody who's exercising, and I don't mean, you know, you have to beat yourself up, but just moving, you know, staying staying active and eating well and being connected with friends and family and, you know, speaking your mind, sharing what's on your mind, those are all the things that keep a person um, sane. Yeah, and, and that's about taking care of, your mental health like you take care of your physical health and I think that's really important and when you come across somebody who's not doing so great or somebody who is having a hard time or struggling to do what you're doing Tobes to you know ask them if they are okay rather than just ignoring them because I think a lot of people are scared of what Uh of what the other person's going to say to them you know like if I say are you okay a lot of people don't want to ask that question because they don't want to know what the person's got to say because they don't know how to handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that if we know that that's, you know, we're not too sure if a person's doing so well, then before you ask if they're okay, maybe ring Lifeline. And for everybody that's listening, 13, 11, 14 is the number to call for Lifeline. If anybody is struggling, it's very important. Um, that you guys just had that number that's easily accessible. Um, Ring Lifeline and ask Lifeline to give you some advice before you talk to your friend or talk to your friend and then call Lifeline and ask on their behalf. Sometimes it's about being educated and um, having enough love for both of you when somebody feels like they're not loving themselves all that much. 
you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think also a really important um, thing to bring up here is that, like, when your friend is going through that stuff and say they do confide in you, like, it's important to look after yourself um, during that as well because it's very easy to get brought up in it and it's very draining on your own mental health and, you know, being that strength for someone else can, like, take a, like, you give that, them your energy and it takes away from you in a way. Yeah. So I think it's important to, um, you know, be that helping hand, be that shoulder to cry on and that love and support to give but then also um, prioritise your own mental health as well and um, know when to seek further help for that that person and and yeah and just look after yourself is yeah. really what I'm trying to get at yeah it definitely um you know spending time with someone that does have depression and trying to help them would take a huge emotional toll and um yeah I think like you said Bridget it is really important you know just set aside some time for yourself and you know um if things do get a little bit too heated, you can, you know, ask for help from somebody else. Yeah. yeah. And just ensure you don't get so wrapped up in it. Yeah. Because it's important that you're there for your friend, but you also got to be there for yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that that's a really big point you guys are making is that you're, you are able to um, nurture yourselves when you're yeah. supporting somebody else. It's everything. Because otherwise you've yeah. got nothing to give. Either like if you're exhausted or, you know, you're just, you're not capable of having those conversations because sometimes they're a bit tough. Yeah. If, you, if you're just not in a place where you can do that, then you're kind of no help to yourself or to anybody else. And I think that that's a really, really important point. What, yeah. do, you, what do you guys recommend are ways for people to look after themselves while they're being a friend to somebody who's suffering? Um, I think probably a big thing is, you know, for them to talk about it to someone else as well. Not, you don't have to like say the details about the other person's life and, and everything like that, but, you know, just talking about it and talking about how you're feeling um, and the stresses in your life would be a really good step in the right direction. Yeah. yeah. And like, um, like talking to someone like life, like lifeline, yeah it's confidential and they can give really good advice and and um you know by talking about things I always find with myself especially like if something's bothering me and I'm feeling drained or I'm feeling upset by something by talking about it and getting it off my chest it's it's a really good help um yeah yeah I I find just remembering that I'm not the most experienced can actually help myself knowing that I probably can't take on someone else's problems and fix them in a way. Like I know yeah, if yeah. I have a friend that's struggling, probably the best thing is to not seek my 15 year old <laughs> kids advice and actually an, an adult or someone that knows a lot about it and can actually help them and uh, put them in steps uh, to take in the right direction so that yeah. so that like we aren't doing it all by ourselves and sort of taking on all this whole extra big workload 
while we're still young and we probably don't even know half of it. Yeah. Not even a quarter of what they're going through. Yeah. And I think, you know, finding support is like a huge part of it. And, you know, if, if it is becoming too much for yourself and you think, I don't think I can actually help this person or give them the help that they need, you know, encouraging them to book an appointment or, you know, just ringing a lot like a lifeline or something like that could, you know, help out a lot. And I think it could be pretty daunting for the person to do that. Um, so, you know, encouraging them and maybe helping them along the way. Um, if, could, even if you'd like need to be there for them. Yeah, exactly. Well, Just be there while they're on the phone or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. Or if they need to like talk to a teacher that um, knows about it, if you can be there with them so that it's not so daunting when they go in there and sort of lay their hearts out on the table that they're not alone. Yeah, exactly. They, they know you have someone beside them. Like yeah, I know and if I, think- I was going through a tough time and I try to open up and sort of told just someone that I didn't really know all my problems, I would want someone familiar and someone who knows me to be with me so yeah, that I don't yeah. feel alone. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, that having that support, you know, you can be that support for someone without having to come up with all the, you know, the hard things to help that person through the process. You can support them without having to do that. Um, yeah. And put yourself in, you know, you know, at our age, you, you don't know how to deal with all these life issues. So being able to support someone and get help is definitely probably a good idea for most people. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And like, and then I think also, um, yeah, how Karen before she was, you're mentioning like the difference between depression and melancholy and, um, we also have to be able to to um, realise what, like, our friend or the person we're talking to is sort of is going through because that's a really important way, like, us realising, like, is it a way for us to help them almost? Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I guess identifying, to be able to identify what that person, like if they are depressed or if they are just going through a hard time um, is something that I guess we all need to learn how to do. Yeah. yeah. But I, th- I think you would probably, you know, be compassionate and loving and kind either way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, and, and it, the interesting thing is it doesn't matter how skilled or professional somebody is, mm. nobody knows what's really going on behind closed yep. doors. Nobody really knows if it's depression or melancholy or if it's something, yeah. you know, you never really know. I would just say to everybody to treat everybody that you love with care and and be there for each other. Stay connected yeah. and pay attention to your own mental health as much as everybody yeah. else around you. Yeah. yeah. And I guess by, you know, helping someone on a sad day, if they are going through a hard time, it could potentially, you know, stop them from going further down that track and and um, having more, I guess, uh, difficult mental illnesses if you stop it straight away. So helping anyone on any day that is having a, a hard day or a hard patch would be the best way to go. Yeah. And, like, um, I also saw a statistic about, like, how in the, the 20% of people 
in Australia who have mental illnesses. Out of them, 8.5%, um, like 8.5% of the 20, they have multiple. So they don't just have depression, they have anxiety, they have, I know it's a such a broad thing, mm. but they have, they're struggling with multiple mental illnesses as well. So, yeah. Yeah. I guess, like, our main message is to look out for people, I guess, and just, um, you know, continually ask people if they're okay and, and let them know that you are there um, to support them if they need. And, um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I guess another thing is, like, if you are concerned that one of your friends do does have depression or mental illness, is that you, you sort of reflect on their personality and think, is this – like them to be acting sad and down in the dumps for a month or two mm. continuously. I, I remember yeah. Karen saying, like, uh, if say if Karen was down in the dumps for like a few months, then you would start getting concerned about yeah. mental illness. But like we all know Karen, she's a great person. She's really, Probably. <laughs> but she's still human, so we can all have really crappy days sometimes and. Maybe there's just something going on that week that might stress someone out a little bit. So we've all just got to remember that we are all still human and that we all still have the same emotions. Yeah. Yeah. And just because, like, someone isn't experiencing a mental illness, it doesn't mean that their mental health is, like, necessarily flourishing at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Karen, last week when we were talking, you said some interesting things about anxiety and like what exactly anxiety is yeah (laughs) yeah so anxiety is defined as fear of the future Mm. so when um somebody you know suffers with anxiety it's really because they're not present they're not here they're they're worrying about the future they're worrying about what's going to happen they're worrying about you know, um, what if this happens? What if that doesn't happen? If this happens, then I'll have to do that. And if this doesn't happen, then I'll have to do that. So it's this process of fighting future imaginary battles that unfortunately for the way that we're wired, our brain, the way that it works is that it doesn't know the difference between what we imagine and what's real. So if we're imagining, um, you know, that there's a spider in the house or a spider in our in our bathroom or in underneath our bed Mm. there you go you imagine that there's a snake underneath your bed right now (laughs) you're going to start freaking out and you're going to leap off the bed and go and have a look Mm. so your body doesn't actually and and it would feel exactly the same way if there actually was a snake under there yeah so your body doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's imagined and neither does your brain so if we're imagining what's going to happen in the future the body all of a sudden and the mind starts to freak out and quiver in the present, even though what we were worried about may never happen. So um, anxiety is just where we've become uh, that, that future thinking is just a habit. Yeah. Yeah. And I look from experience, I like, I remember when I was a lot younger, I was always worrying about, you know, finishing school and, and what I was going to do after school. And then, one day I saw this photo and I don't know, you know, it's probably not accurate, but it was like 80% of the things you worry about never happen. 
Mm. And I was, it just like shocked me so much. And now whenever I'm worrying about something, I'm like, you know what? It probably won't even happen. You know, you've just got to go with the flow and see what happens and yeah. cross the bridge when it comes to it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But that also in, in turn of that doesn't mean you run into stuff totally oblivious of no. the consequences. <laughs> no. It, no. It, it's all down to good judgment and and like knowing what you're capable of, what and recognizing the patterns. Maybe you're um, not going great at school, but there's there's ways you can get around that. You can maybe study more, get a tutor, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. You've got and, to do um, you know put in the hard work for things to work out. Um, but I think it is important to not not freak out, you know, you know that you're doing the work to to get where you want to go and that's all you can do. Yeah, exactly. All you can do is your best, so yeah, yeah. the rest. We'll follow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so then I think, like, with anxiety, I think the main thing is to sort of develop coping mechanisms for yourself. Like, mm. like we've talked about in other podcasts how um, how physical activity and exercise and all that sort of stuff has really helped us deal with like daily life and stresses and all that sort of stuff yeah so yeah yeah definitely yeah I think that's a really good point like figuring out how to how to look after yourself is really important yeah everybody needs to have their own little recipe for (laughs) what lights them up like a Christmas tree (laughs) you know Making your happiness a priority. Yeah, and yeah, knowing sure. yourself to be able to know what to do when you're feeling, you know, a little bit stressed or a little bit down, you know, knowing ways to cheer yourself up um, and stuff like that. Totally. Yeah. Totally, totally. I, I guess we've covered a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is there anything that you guys would like to say that you've found in personal experience or? Have have only just recognised maybe now that you haven't had a chance to say. Um, I think yeah, I think just to um really the whole taking like the message out of this podcast is to you know be aware of how you're feeling and also how people around you are feeling and you know you've just got to be observant and um yeah just be I guess yeah really active in that way and you know be willing to go up to someone and ask them how they're going and you know you've got to be prepared for the way that they will respond um but just knowing how you can help those people or how they how you can help yourself is a huge yeah yeah and knowing that help isn't far away like there's so many services out there like um and so many people out there who do want to help and who are willing and all that sort of stuff so you know, help is never far away. It's one phone call or one text and like and just that little phone call or text can can go a mile in like in your recovery or someone else's recovery. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Is there anything you would like to say from a experienced and professional point of view, Karen? <laughs> I think I th- I think we've kind of covered it here today. I really think that if we are taking care of ourselves and taking care of each other, then that's really one of the biggest antidotes to arresting these statistics. And it's not going to come from the government doing anything or 
you know, in any other big initiatives. It's got to come at the community level. It's got to come at the person-to-person level where we all start caring about each other enough to ask and educating ourselves about, you know, what we can do to help and love each other a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Tobes? um, I I think we've, like you said, we've covered so much and I hope that even one person out there that knows a friend or or can recognize in themselves that they're not having such a great day or a week or even a month that you can or even a year or yeah. even a year um, <laughs> just, just to be that person that actually makes a difference not just be a um, person that stands stands by and watch and watches be mm-hmm. someone that actually makes a difference and I, I feel like that's what this uh platform that we have now is all about so yeah Yeah, definitely well i think we've covered it today guys thank you so much karen for joining us again it's a pleasure thank you for having me no problem we'll have to have you on again i'm sure in the near future (laughs) well thanks for listening guys i'm laura pettigrew live more worry less and i'm bridget kelly keep smiling and I'm Toby Bogart. Until next time, don't count the days. And Karen Steiner. Do Karen Steiner. Yeah, Karen. <laughs> oh, um, and I'm Karen Smith. Don't underestimate your ripple effect. You've been listening to Speak Up and Engage, the next generation in wellness. To follow our podcasters, head on over to all the w's.facebook.com forward slash speak up engage. You can also go to all the w's.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash speak up engage. To find out more about the Sunshine Coast Council, go to all the w's.sunshinecoast.qld.gov.au. And to find out more about Spirit Hive and how Spirit Hive is bringing empowerment and inspiration to the youth and the communities local to you, go to spirithive.org. We're going to see you here same time next week. Thanks for tuning in. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.